dingy or dusty Anything ragged or rotten or rusty Yes, I love trash If you really want to see something trashy, look at this Throw it in the trash Throw it in the trash Greetings, MMD Jason here A garbage cast conversation And I am sitting in the Cedars of Lebanon State Park, about eight miles from my house, under a big tree. I can't identify the tree. Let's say it's a maple tree. I, I don't, I wouldn't know. It is a maple tree because I can tell by the leaves. This is a maple tree. I'm sitting under a maple tree. I, I really needed to learn more about trees and birds and plants before my time on this earth runs out and I don't have time to learn those things. It is uh, June the 29th. It is 1.18 p.m. Oh, according to my watch, it's 85 degrees and partly cloudy, which is right. And I'm sort of in the middle of a... Uh, I'm between the tennis courts and the butterfly garden and the nature center. And I came out here with my folding chair, my camping chair, and sat under this big, apparently, maple tree uh, to read. That is after I ate my lunch at a picnic table, which you, I think you liked. You commented on the picture. So that went to my Instagram. It auto-posted to my Twitter. So I brought my lunch out here. So I've been out here about two hours. I quickly ate my lunch. Uh, I didn't like the picnic area, to, you know, to sit and read. So I drove down a little further and I parked here and I got under a tree in the shade and I've been reading about an hour and a half, I guess. And I said I would stop at the end of this short story. It's a book of short stories. And I would record this garbage gas conversation. And I'm recording this my mobile studio setup here, which I should take a picture of. I don't think I'll bump anything by doing it. It is a, uh, I have my microphone here, and my Sony recorder attached to my, it's hard to get a good angle and let you see what I'm seeing. But I'll take some pictures of the view. I'll look straight up here at this tree. I'll take a zoom in, hopefully, on the leaves that will prove this is a maple tree. A lot of people at the Nature Center now. A lot of people talking. I don't know if they can hear me as well as I can hear them. I assume they can. If I can hear them that well, they can hear me that well. And this is the garbage cast about nothing. That is right, no topic. We, we agreed that there would be no topic. And it's been tough because I've, I've recorded a really good one, one that I really liked. And I lost that recording either in a fit of stupidity, either I hit the wrong button, or my phone flaked out. I'm having phone problems. They're going to send me a replacement phone. So, you hear that? I don't know what that is. It's behind me. I don't know if that was a bird or an animal interesting um, but they're gonna send me a replacement phone because my battery keeps dying in like four hours even when I'm not using the phone so something obviously has happened to the battery the phone is only like over a year old now um, 
but I did drop it at the concession stand during CMA Fest. Even though it's in its nice, really good case and I can't see any damage, it, it did make a funny noise when I dropped it. So I'm wondering if inside something is loose or damaged in some way. So who knows? Who knows? I'm not, I'm not about to take the phone apart and look. In fact, I'm clicking it back on my belt as we speak. So, um, but yeah, I had a really good recording. I was driving uh, from my hometown back to here, and for about 12, 13 miles. You hear that? That kind of, it's right above my head. Must be a bird, probably gonna poop on me. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I drove 12, probably 12 or 13 miles talking. Uh, listen, it's going to do it again. Okay, it knows I'm stopping. And I recorded that whole way, and I had some funny, at least now in hindsight, they appear to be funny observations about the cars around me and different things that were going on in my head. And that's the recording I lost. So what you end up here with is this. This recording, which I'm, I'm not whispering, so don't, you know, I hope it doesn't lull people to sleep. But I am see, talking at a comfortable level, because I don't want everyone to hear. Because your, your voice travels really quickly here. You know, long distances. Because it's flat and open. Like I said, I can hear these people talking, and they're probably, I would say, 500 feet away from me. Now that one, that one was not right above me. That bird noise was far away. Now all the people are gone. I don't see anybody around at all. So it's possible that I'm out here fairly alone. And normally I would have gone to like the city park, but I decided to come out here to the state park, which is a little, well, I don't think it's any further away. I think it's more convenient to come out here if there was a walking trail, which there are walking trails here, but they're like nature trails. They're not they're not paved walking trails. At least if there are paved walking trails, I can't find it. But this will be a nice place to come and sit and read. And uh, I'm on my fourth book this week. So I finished three books on my vacation, and I probably will finish the fourth one either tonight or tomorrow because I'm just over halfway done. So that's, you know, that's it. I'm very productive. <laughs> but it would be great to come out here in the fall and uh, sit in the cooler weather. And I'm kind of kicking myself that as long as I've lived here in this town, like 14 years, 15 years, that I haven't come out here that often, that I've never thought to bring a chair out here and read. It's very calming. Very open, very nice. It's just relaxing. And you're away from the city. The city park is a constant stream of cars on the highway right beside it. So you know, you're not going to get this kind of uh, quiet. And there's a lot of people milling around walking, the big walking trail, a lot of people eating at picnic tables here. It's basically deserted. <laughs> I mean, there's people that come and go, but you can find... A place like I'm sitting, where you're just far enough away from people that you have a little privacy. 
and I think that's kind of nice. And I didn't want to sit at home because I work at home, and being at home when you always are already have to be at home 40 plus hours a week, you know, as your job, in addition to living there, you know, there's, there's very little escape. So I didn't want to do that either. I wanted to be able to get out a little bit. And my family went out to see my nieces today, so um, they were not going to be home today. We've been together all week. And I was like, no, you all go out there and do girl, have girl time with their, my wife's sister and her daughters. And I will find something to do. So I went to McDonald's. And I had the GPS plugged in. And uh, even though I know where I'm going out here, it's a really quick left-hand turn into this place. And if you're not really paying attention, you can zoom right past it. So I did that. And uh, the GPS talked me out here. And I decided I would, uh, you know, bring my recorder and my banana bag and my microphone and do the garbage cast about nothing. And I think when we're talking about the garbage cast about nothing, we're talking about not having a particular topic in mind. So when I hit record, I really didn't. The, the topic I had in mind was just listening. And then when you listen, you relax and thoughts stream into your mind. And I think that's a good thing. So for Father's Day, I got an Apple Watch and uh, I'm, I'm conflicted on it because it ties you into all of the notifications, all of the things. It even nags you to like stand up or walk which I need those nags, you know, to breathe. It, it wants you to like breathe for like a minute uninterrupted and not think, clear your mind. I did it once just to see what it, was, what it would do, you know, but I'm sure these are good things. These are probably Steve Jobs-esque things that Steve Jobs probably did in his daily life. And look where he ended up. <laughs> but if I scroll to the right, I can tell you my Oh, heart rate, last time was 107 beats per minute. That was 12 minutes ago. So, uh, but I was up and moving stuff around at that point, so who knows? I don't know. I guess that's okay. Sometimes I look at it and it's like 70 beats a minute. Oh, no, now it says it's at 87. So, it's at a more calming, I'm at a more calm, resting beats per minute. But I am tempted to get up and walk around. I, I wish I could find a, you know, like a simple paved walking trail or gravel walking trail to walk for a little bit before I go back and walk off my dinner. But uh, it hasn't occurred to me where that is yet. This is a huge place. And Ken and, when Ken was here, we drove around back through here and looked around because he had the, uh, the recreational vehicle and... He didn't end up staying out here at all, but he wanted to see what it was like out here. And we drove around through here, and it was really the most I've ever been out here. I've, I've been out here for like a, walk, a nature walk and a few times to drive around, but I rarely park and walk around. And then for some reason this morning, I just got in my mind, where's somewhere different I could go today? Make, do something completely different than I normally do. 
Uh, did you hear that woman honked her horn when she locked her car earlier? There were people, there's a playground over the hill here, and they park up in this parking lot by where I'm parked. And this woman, she must have locked her car five times because it went, doo -doo -doo -doo. It, she just, it kept doing it over and over again. It's like, I wanted to get up and yell, it's locked. And also there's six of us here, and I don't think anyone's going to break into your minivan. You know, give me a break. We don't want what's in your minivan. It's probably sippy cups and animal crackers and, you know, goldfish. You know, I could eat a goldfish right now. I have my bottle of water here in my strap of my chair. See, so I didn't bring any snacks or anything because I knew I was going to eat my lunch here. and it, it was too much food. I really feel miserable when I eat too much food. And I tried the bacon smokehouse at McDonald's because Robert Dyer had recommended it. And I couldn't eat. I ate about two-thirds, uh, three-fourths of it. And I threw the rest in the trash. And I feel guilty doing it because there's this part of me that my mother's voice saying, don't waste food, don't waste food. And I'll sit there and I'll eat a whole plate of food. Oh, you hear that? I don't know what that is. That's, that's scary. That could be a bear coming for me. That could be a bear's warning sign. And you know, that's odd. When I was sitting way out on the picnic table in a different part of the park eating completely alone, all I could think of was, what if a bear came through the woods for that bacon smokehouse sandwich? What would I do? Would I throw it to him? Would I just sit there and let him sit down beside me and eat this bacon smokehouse sandwich and thank him for me not having to eat all the food? Thank goodness my mother would be pleased I hadn't wasted that food. Would I have run for my life and just left the sandwich sitting there? That probably would have been the choice. I probably would have been running towards the Buick. <sighs> And then I thought to myself, would he have drank the frozen coffee that I had? I ordered the cold brew from McDonald's. I thought it would be like cold brew coffee like at Starbucks, which they're always out of. But it wasn't. It was a frozen coffee, like a frosted coffee. So, you know, it tasted okay, but it wasn't really cold brew coffee, you know. So I, I ordered another bag this week because I'm... I'm a sicko, but it's not what you think. Um, I've had this sling bag now for several months, and I used it at church to carry stuff back and forth to the church because all of my church paraphernalia, you know, is in it, especially my lifesavers that I chew to keep me awake at church. Hey, you do what you have to do. And then, you know, various thing, other things that I need for church. And uh, I've been using this bag for church for several months. And this week, when we were on vacation, I knew we would be going to Nashville and walking around and doing different things. And I wanted to take my book or my Kindle with me, depending on what I was reading on. And it has a nice, convenient pouch here for a bottle of water. So I started using this bag. I pulled all the church paraphernalia out and started using it as a personal bag. A man bag, a walking man bag. And I found that I loved it so much daily, using it every day, and that, you know, that I didn't, I didn't want to switch back and forth anymore. My personal man bag now, because it's got my charger for my phone. It's got, um, I ordered this little notebook off Amazon to have with me a little hardcover notebook where I could take notes without having to open my phone all the time. So when a note crosses my mind, if I'm sitting here reading, or if I don't want to pull my phone out, I, I would have that notebook. And now I haven't used the notebook at all. Like today, I saw a passage in the book that I'm reading, and I took a picture of it with my phone and put it in my Apple Notes, because I suck. 
but uh, but I do have the notebook in, in here in case I ever want to use it. And I had a coupon in here, ten dollars off a shirt at Eddie Bauer. I'm wearing the shirt. I got the shirt for five bucks. I didn't even wash it. Normally I would wash a shirt before I wear it, and today I decided I would be a rebel. And if I break out in some sort of hives or rash from whatever dye is in this shirt, from whatever foreign country it came from, then that's just the breaks, I guess. I do feel a little itchy. Uh, I'm coated in off deep woods, which is like your cologne in Tennessee. For like two months out of the year, you have to wear deep woods off, or you're going to get eaten alive by mosquitoes, ticks. I couldn't be sitting out here under this tree in the grass in my chair. I would be eaten up if I didn't have on deep woods off. And I've applied it three times, okay, because I have felt sort of itchy. So I got that going for me. So the bag held my deep woods off. It held my microphone, my, my banana pouch here with my recorder and my uh, radio shack. You know, it says Optimus on it, microphone. And you know, I actually covered all that over in black permanent marker because I would wear this like in the early days of the podcast, I would wear this microphone into like Walmart and stuff. And I didn't want like cashiers and stuff to see that it said left, right, you know, it, that it was actual microphone that they would maybe be surprised by it or they wouldn't know exactly what it was, you know, and I didn't want someone to say something. So I'm disguising it. What else is in this bag? Um, the book I'm reading, of course. Let's see what's in this pouch. Nothing in the front pouch. And in the back pouch is my eyeglasses wipe <laughs> and my nose spray because my allergies are, they've been back and forth this week. And uh, that's it. So I ordered a black bag for my church paraphernalia that's identical to this blue bag. And I'm going to use my blue bag for my personal stuff and my black bag for my church paraphernalia. And I don't have to switch back and forth between bags anymore. And it's... Uh, and it's funny, I bought this bag, this blue bag, like I said, months ago, and I really couldn't figure out a use for it. I almost sent it back to Amazon, and it languished in the closet for a while uh, before I started using it for my church stuff. And the reason I really moved to it is because I wanted to start carrying a bottle of water to church, for one, and being swarmed by something. And I also wanted to be able to carry my Kindle or whatever book I'm reading, uh, you know, in case something happened after church, someplace we had to go, I would have a book to read. So, it's very convenient. Now, for the first time all day, there's people walking this way. Let's see how far. Nope, nope, they're going to the nature center, so that's good. Nope, nope, now they've turned this way. Well, I think they're still going to the nature center, just the back way. Yeah, I do notice when people go to the nature center, they kind of turn and look. They're probably not used to seeing a man sitting in a camping chair under a tree. But I'm sitting here wondering, there's... About 30,000 people in our town, maybe 25,000. Why is there not a chair under every tree with somebody in it reading? Wouldn't that be fantastic? What a better world it would be if we all had time to take time to sit down and... You know, I'm not having, I'm not binge-watching a television show on Netflix. I'm not looking at Twitter and getting angry at the world and the things I cannot control. Did you hear that bug buzz me? Did you hear that? It was really loud in my ears. Hopefully, I hope it came through on the microphone. I'm not sitting on Facebook, you know, scrolling through posts. 
of what other people are doing. I'm connected to you because I'm talking to you right now and connected to our listeners because I'm sharing this experience with whoever might be hearing this. But aside from that, I'm disconnected. You know, it it reminds me, like, and I won't go on much longer because we've gone 20 minutes here, and then, but I said I would let this lead from one thing to another. It reminds me of the Nelson Sullivan videos. I've talked about Nelson Sullivan on my own podcast, and he was a man that lived in New York City who would videotape his daily life and his interactions with people, uh, really starting from the end of the 70s. But in earnest from about 82, 83 until his untimely passing in 1989 of a heart attack. He was only 40, I think, when he died. He left behind over a thousand videotapes. Some of it's just mundane day-to-day stuff, and some of it was interactions with different people he knew. A lot of drag queens. (laughs) A lot of, uh, RuPaul was one of his friends in his, uh, you know, young RuPaul. Because we're talking mid-80s, late-80s. But aside from that, you get this fascinating... You know, if you, if you think about how him as a person and his... The people he captured, the time he captured, the, the history there. But aside from that, he captured a snapshot of years that I have tried in my mind to, re, you know try to recreate in my head what was life like in 1988 what was life like before we were so busy in this manner where I could pick up my phone and right here in this park I could immerse myself in data you know a lot of people say well we kept ourselves busy in different ways back then like that picture of everybody on the train hiding behind their newspapers in like the 30s or 40s or 50s I don't remember how old that picture is but people use that picture to illustrate you know there'll be one picture of everybody looking at their phones and then there'll be another picture of everybody buried behind their newspapers but there was a time you would take off your work day would end your school day would end and the minute you got in your car you were disconnected the minute you walked out of the office, you walked out of the school, you were disconnected. And you could come to the park like today, and you could be completely disconnected. You, you didn't have a device in your pocket that could grab you with a telephone call, or bad news, or good news, any news. You wouldn't have FOMO, you wouldn't feel the need to sit in the park and look at people's Facebook posts, or tweets, or see the bad news going on in the world as close as your pocket. It was just you in the park, you and your friends, you in the mall, you and wherever you ended up. And the rest of the world had to fend for itself. And, and you would see the news at 5.30 p.m. or on the newspaper the next morning. You would digest it and you would go on with your day. And you weren't bombarded with bits and pieces of data all day long. Right here would be a complete escape. You in the trees, you in the chair. And a lot of Nelson Sullivan's videos, and they're available on YouTube under 5 Ninth Avenue Project, I think. Fifth? <laughs> 5 Ninth Avenue Project. I, let me look real quick. See, I'm going to pull out my phone, and I'm going to look at data. 
which really makes me no better than what I was just talking about. Do I even have YouTube on my phone? Yes, I do. But it's worth it because I, I want you to go out and look maybe at some of these videos. Five Ninth Avenue Project, all one word. The number five, the word ninth, the word avenue, the word project, all one word. Number five, then Ninth Avenue Project in words spelled out. Well, on almost every video, somebody who's obviously born later in life and doesn't remember a time where we didn't have our phones in front of us. It seems like on every video, at least one person comments, wow, look at how people were actually talking back then and not holding up phones. Look at how they were engaged with each other. Look at how the world was different. Look at how they're all walking around and not looking down at their phones, but they're looking up. And you know, when I see that over and over again, sometimes I get annoyed by it. But on a day like today, I certainly get the novelty of it because I saw a side of life that is gone. I grew up with a side of life, a, a, you know, a snapshot of what we were that no longer exists. And for someone to sit there and articulate that in a comment on a YouTube video, they see these videos from 1988, 1987, 83, whatever it is, and that's the first thing that jumps to their minds. That's the big, gigantic cultural shift. People were engaged back then. You know, now Nelson is behind his camera. So he's doing a lot of what we do now. And it made him unique because he was the only one doing it. And a lot of people, you could tell, they were kind of freaked out by the camera. They don't know what to make of it and the different interactions he has with people. He understands they don't know what to make of it. But he sees his calling as important, and that he's documenting something very important. I don't know if Nelson's life would have been better if he hadn't been behind the camera. So I can't tell you that our lives would be better if we weren't behind our phones or looking down at our phones, but there's certainly times like today where I just have to. I'm just glad that I'm not getting pinged by emails. I'm not getting phone calls. The whole world is going on without me. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. Manhattan is full of people. Nashville is full of people. The interstate is full of people. And here I am talking to you under what I believe is a maple tree in the park. This is my priority at this moment. It's with great reluctance that here in a moment I'm going to have to walk back to my car and drive back into civilization. But I'm very happy that I got to share a little bit of this with you. Didn't know where this one would go. Kind of happy where it did go. With where it did go. This was the garbage cast conversation about nothing. And it ended up being about something. But uh, it started off being about nothing. So I look forward to, in the, to hearing what you have to say in the realm of nothing, see where your nothing leads to, and um, talk to you again soon.
set up at the Georgetown Dog Park trying to record another Garbage Cast Conversations. It's the MMB. And we have a heat wave all weekend. It's Canada Day weekend, one weekend before MMPR. And up in the spring has given me a really difficult topic this week. No topic. Um, so if you've listened to everything so far, We did the future, and in the future, he suggested trying a topicless podcast. Now, I'm not one to shy away from a challenge just because it's difficult. So I'm here trying to record it, and I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to go, what I'm going to talk about. I'm still getting ready. Hold on. I actually take a lot with me every time I go walking. Like two bags worth of stuff. Hey, get off the car. So, since it's no topic, I just thought it'd probably best to check in before MMPR. And what better way to do it than at the Georgetown Dog Park. Georgetown, as we talked about, it's being the site of more Garbage Cast conversations. Now that leads into the first thing. When I mentioned that on the future episode, what I was alluding to was the fact that my brother has moved back from Montreal. Uh, he had another kid. I have a niece. She's a few months old. Sorry, I'm gassy from water. Uh, so I have my nephew here in and my niece Asha living at my parents' house now. They've permanently moved back from Montreal. They, like he, he lived there since finishing university in like Kingston. And he's Seven years older than me. It didn't take me long. I just, I just signed up. Come on. 
So that's been a big change leading up to that. I've been doing a lot of uh, stuff to the house in Brampton. But as I, as I said, don't always see it day to day because I don't really live there anymore. Still work with my father now in the saga. We sell printing and office furniture. They're two separate things but one under one business and my brother has a sign shop the the middle child with him so there's two printing businesses and an office furniture business we import stuff from China it seems people don't understand exactly what it is that I do. Apparently I'm not forthcoming with details of personal life. So yeah, as a result, like I have for a while, I've been living in Georgetown and going in during the day to work. So it's only uh, natural or inherent to my scheduling needs for it to be more likely to be recorded in Georgetown. I've tried to account for every possibility with the Garbage Cast conversation, the book podcast, uh, the music, to not have to rely on uh, producing things in a studio. Um, and with the gear that I have, uh, the only time I'm actually stuck at a computer is in the the editing process. Oh, and then of course, the posting. But well, I have my studio stuff in Brampton. I don't get the time to really been there uh, anybody knows who p- puts out a podcast the more elaborate the editing is the more time you're going to spend doing it so I like to reserve my time for making it as good as I can make it as opposed to uh as good as it can sound 
But I want to do it in the studio. Like to do it in the studio is as good as it can sound. And if I need to play uh, audio, I guess I must have missed the boat on Boss Jock, or I just haven't been able to get a good mobile solution uh, for production of like clip, heavy clip stuff in a mobile setting. And I like to rely on a lot of plugins to make stuff sound good. I don't always apply it. Like the full, because even with like real-time uh, processing, some of it, if it's a really long file, if you want to do like a lot of mastering, it, it takes a while. Cause you gotta, you gotta get a good sample, and then you gotta tune it with your ear. And sometimes it can be a very frustrating process. Like when you go get your eyes tested for glasses, it's a lot of like, does this sound better? Or like a hearing test, I guess. Does this sound better or this sound better? Does this sound better? This. And you're manipulating the EQ. Uh, the wave, the sine wave. Sine wave? No. The spectrometer. So. What else? No topic. Let's talk about the subject some more. When he posed this, I thought I could get away with just talking about the fact that I don't know how to do this topic and my inability. It's like my, not my personal style. Don't like to podcast not knowing where I'm going to go with something. I tend to ramble and without a clear uh, template of where I want to go. It tends to just spin off into tangents. Often, I'll remember a, a point I think is fairly important to a subject that I've recorded for the Garbage Cast Conversations and have to go right back and record it. Sorry, I'm trying to stay hydrated. I should stop trying to drink water and talk at the same time. Uh, so, as I was saying, mm, we're talking about the topic, no topic. It's difficult. I like to have a template. Uh, tend to ramble. Oh, yeah, sometimes. I will come and think of a really good point and try to re-record it and summarize, uh, you know, the previous iteration and try to condense a bunch of good points while trying to add this new point and, you know, 
it turns into a, a, a compromise between the two sometimes. Sometimes it comes off perfect. You remember all the points. You, it's fairly natural enough. You are remembering and you're kind of reciting. But it's at least organic enough to come off like it isn't fully rehearsed. Hopefully this is still going. Uh, man. Should give you some water. I'm gonna probably have to wrap this up. I think I've finished most of my topics. I think no topic is the, probably the one they're gonna have the most struggle with, if I'm gonna be fully honest. I think I even expressed that in that future clip that I recorded after listening to this suggestion of a no topic. Like I said, if we're gonna do two separate clips and work on no topic, it's gonna be very difficult. The key, the, the strength of the Garbage Cast Conversations is being able to work on something of the same topic. It comes together in, in a similar theme. I think the best episodes of it come, come together when we have a clear idea of how each of us are going to go with a specific topic. If we're not limited in that way, I don't know if it's able to capture the strength of that formula. Who knows? Like I said, in the future, time will tell. Um, in the previous version of this clip, I tried to go over all the, the Garbage Cats conversation topics. Where's like 47 of them? So, it was kind of foolish to try and go through all of them. Maybe I will. Maybe that'll be a bonus clip. I have also a clip of Costco and the 3D microphones where I got Parmesan. Uh, I think Doggos is an episode I want to fix. Incorrect. Doesn't really talk enough about actual current dogs I have. It's more about my history of dogs, which I think is. Oh, you puked. What the hell? What was that about?
<sighs> Probably ate some grass, didn't you? Oh, then it did to yourself. Just don't puke on my keys. They're still attached to your water bowl. Oh, we're trying to shop uh, for a car for my brother and my mom because I live in Georgetown and I go and I pick her up in Brampton. Um, it's just not working out. So at least with a, a vehicle of their own, they can go back and forth to the shop. So we're looking at like a Ford Escape, and a new one. We traditionally had Subarus, but we're looking at changing things up there. Uh, back to Dockos. I want to do an addendum to it um, about current dogs but I'd probably be separate but different like a doggos 2.0 I haven't put down any of this stuff since I got out of the car and now I'm paying for it but the dog needs water so definitely I had the idea of watching uh, that Winn-Dixie movie with my Roger Picard and seeing how much I can go through before he walks away and being famous being the star the breed it stars in that movie the fancy purebred boy and now I have Darling, doesn't account for her and the whole pack dynamic. Right now we're having issues with Darling being so big, she can kind of help herself. Sorry, I was just trying to hear. Sometimes you hear some really interesting bird calls, but then as soon as I stop talking so I can listen to it, it goes silent. Maybe they're shy, just like me. I think I'm gonna start wrapping this up. It is way too hot and way too brutal for it to be for it to for us to be outside recording this. I don't know what else I can do with this check-in. Uh, I'm trying to get into shape this summer. Uh, trying to do more things that I've been avoiding. 
like being outside, exercise, people. All that stuff. Turns out I like being outside, like I said before. Some episodes ago. Walking, being outside, definitely cool. I have a folding bike and I'm trying to make use of it, but with this heat, it's not cool to set up and break down and it's like a fixie. It's not something you want to ride in Georgetown with hills. So I have to drag it to Brampton. It's a 33 pound bike. That's basically why it's so cheap. Most bikes in its category are aluminum, under 22 pounds and start from $700. This thing, it's a Schwinn, made in China. 33 pounds. All steel. Um, and a folding bike because like uh, when we were getting the export business off the ground, our family friend, uh, business friend, or it was his, her dad was a general in the army, so we were trying to get him to help us over there do quality checking and man uh, on the ground it doesn't deter errors or shoddy craftsmanship you learned no matter how high the position it's just cost of doing business there they will try to save pennies wherever they can. It's a numbers game. If 15% are bad, it doesn't matter to them in the container because they get their money either way. Best you can do is get parts out of them in the next one. When there's the next one. You pay half, and then you pay the other half. Anyways, he had a folded bike. He actually brought it with him from China. This thing uh, was like a multi-gear street bike. Um, I think it was well, far more advanced than mine. 
he basically used it when he came over to visit. He used it to get around. Um, it was small enough to fit in a small suitcase. So he brought it with him wherever he wanted to go. So that he could take it, stow it in the go bus. And then ride around wherever, wherever he got. I guess riding in China prepares you for... I've always been a, a shitty bike rider. Um, had two major incidents, riding bicycles, which required stitches as a child. It's not been my forte. Between that and the allergies, it's not. Used to be not my thing, but I'm trying to now get into things that don't cost me money. Once you, like walking requires shoes, biking requires a bike. But once you have it, you just maintain it. You can do that for years to come. I'm trying to also pare down to the essential stuff. So, um, if it can fold or stow away easily, it's a plus one. And does this make me happy? If it's more a sentimental keepsake, which when it comes time to get rid of it, I'm no longer around and someone's trying to evaluate the usefulness of it, it's a minus one. Because we've had to rip out all the stuff down to uh, the bare poured concrete in the basement in the Brampton house. Uh, it leaked a couple of years ago. Uh, one thaw and it just like started weeping water into the house. Uh, and it's sounding right. So there was luckily no long-term mildew damage, but we were lucky. So we're finally pulling out everything to assess if there's any uh, leaks in the plumbing. There were some electrical issues. The house is as old as me. So is my house in Georgetown, actually. All born. 1986. So. You're going to need some maintenance. With my brother. And the two children. And his. Girlfriend. There's quite a bit of. Quite a bit of 
people there now. It's not really conducive to studio recordings. The panels are falling off the wall. It's looking like I have to pivot that equipment into something else, something more smaller, more practical. Probably something that can fit in the bag. Anyways, this has been entirely too long. I don't know if this is even still going. It's 157. It feels longer. 30 minutes only. With this heat, like way longer than an hour. But this has been an entirely way too long. And perhaps my last garbage gas conversations. Because I'm going to melt into the ground. I'm the MMD here with the silent co-host Tilly at the Georgetown Dog Park. Another one is in the can. Dump it. Chop, 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 chop,
Chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop, chop,